Welcome to Beauty Uncut, the podcast. I'm Shania. And I'm Kayla, and we're here to bring a new perspective to beauty. Today's podcast is all about anti-wrinkle, and we'll be discussing what it is, where it came from, how it was derived, the different types of anti-wrinkle, and there's actually a new anti-wrinkle product on the market. Very exciting. I feel like everything's exciting to us. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Before we get started, I just want to know, if I sound nasally, it's because I am. I have been (laughs) sick for about six months, and I've noticed in the recent episodes, I just sound super nasally, so I'm sorry about that. I feel like you don't sound nasally, but well, I've I had did some... notice that on the podcast. <laughs> I've had some feedback from yourself, but I did sound very yeah, nasally. Yeah, when I listen to the actual podcast, it's just weird how in person I don't notice it as much. I just don't sound crystal crisp anymore. No, nasal crisp. <laughs> well, since you're the expert in all things anti-wrinkle, do you want to tell us a little bit about it? Sure. So anti-wrinkle, there are different types, but essentially what it does, I'm going to try and make this make sense, but our brain sends neurotransmitters to muscles and that is through receptors of the muscle. So what happens when we treat with anti-wrinkle is that anti-wrinkle inhibits that receptor of the muscle. And so when your brain sends neurotransmitters to try and get the muscle to move, Because the anti-wrinkle is blocking the receptor, there's no movement anymore. So basically it paralyzes the muscle, stopping those fine lines and wrinkles from forming. Yeah. There's also other things that it treats as well, like overreactive muscles. So things like the masseters. Recently, a lot of people are getting their trapezius muscle treated. Is that Um, to make your neck appear smaller? Like your traps appear smaller, sorry? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it also, a lot of people get a lot of tension in the area as well. And just to touch on masseter muscles, because I feel like a lot of people won't know what that is. That's the muscle at the back of your jaw where you bite down and you can kind of feel your clenching. Like the chewing muscle. Yeah, the chewing muscle. Yeah. Yeah. And that can help actually slim down the face as well. Yeah, definitely. And anti-wrinkle also helps with excessive sweating because it stops the stimulation of the sweat glands as well. And if you've listened to one of our episodes about sweating, I actually had it done on my right underarm and I love it. Yeah. Oh my God. Anti-wrinkle really treats everything because I was just about to say also if you have hay fever, it treats hay fever. Yeah, hay fever. Just like sniff a little bit of anti-wrinkle. I feel like, anti-wrinkle like and- it makes your skin look really good as well after you've gotten it done. For sure. And then as well, you know when you start to age and people start to get that witch's chin? Yeah. You can put anti-wrinkle in your chin to relax that, relax that muscle. Yeah. And then gummy smiles as well. You can pop it in the top lip to relax We it. could just keep going on and Basically, really. you can use anti-wrinkle in every single part of your body. <laughs> Almost. I feel like people often refer to anti-wrinkle as Botox, but Botox is actually just one of the many, well, there's actually only a few, but one of the many products on the market. So there this, are yeah. other products and brands on the market that are equally as good. And do you want to tell us a little bit about them? Yeah. So I think around the world, there are a lot But what we have available in Australia, we have Botox, we have Dysport, we have Javot. I've never heard of that. Maybe not. I don't know. (laughs) But that's what I've heard. And Zeman, we have Zeman as well. And there's going to be a new one coming out, which is really exciting. And what is that called? Oh, I don't know how to pronounce We're going to find out. Was it it Lee Botox? No, Lee Botox. Lee Tabo? We'll get back to you on that one. We'll get back to you. (laughs) So there are several different types and I know some injectors prefer other ones. Myself, I prefer Botox for my forehead frown, but I actually prefer Dysport for my chin. Why are they so different and what are are the difference between them? 
I think essentially it's just the way it's made. I don't know too much in depth, but I know, for example, there's difference in molecule sizes, there's differences in where they're actually getting the botulinum toxin from. I guess essentially in terms of results as well, they can vary. So some of the products work faster than others and some of them last longer than others. But most of the time, I, when I'm, for example, doing a consult, some people know what they prefer, but some people don't know what they prefer. And so I have to go and explain the differences that we know between the different products. A really interesting one, actually. So the main products that we use in clinic is the Botox, Dysport and Xeomin. The Botox and Dysport, they actually have a protein around them that some people get uh, resistant to. So. I was literally just about to ask you this. Yeah. Like, if they are resistant to certain types of anti-wrinkle, yeah. can they have other options like yeah, Xeomin? Yes, so they can have Xeomin, which doesn't have the same protein around it. So Xeomin is, I don't think it has much additives in it. So it's the most purest version as well. Yeah. So why do people become resistant to anti-wrinkle products? It can happen over time with multiple appointments, the more products you're getting over time and your body just getting used to it. Or it can happen, for example, when there's an immune change in the body. So for example, I got the COVID vaccine when it first came out. And I had anti-wrinkle, I think it was a few days after, a few days to a week after. So you didn't follow your pre and post-op instructions well, is what I, you're saying? I don't think we actually knew back then. Like it was still pretty fresh. And since then, it just hasn't been working at all. I've tried all the products and I just get no result. It's really sad, actually. But you know what? Lucky we have things like Emphase and Morpheus, yeah. which keep you looking youthful. Exactly. Very lucky to have those available. But yeah, essentially people can get resistant, but there's other options available. I actually feel like we should go back and delve more into like the different areas because I feel like we just skimmed over that so areas. quickly. Yeah. So you can obviously get your forehead and frown, which helps to reduce the fine lines and wrinkles mm -hmm. in your forehead. I had something new done the other day. Well, I know it's not new because I feel like everyone gets it done, but it's new to me. But you put some anti-wrinkle in my brow to give me a bit of a brow lift. Yeah. So just underneath the tail of the brow, when we treat that, you can get a little kind of Bella Hadid lift, I guess you can call it. It's like a non-surgical brow lift. Yeah. It's Ooh. actually quite nice. Do I look good? You do. You look oh, great. Am I Bella Hadid? I did that. <laughs> All you, baby. <laughs> So you can obviously get those areas. You can get your crow's feet as well. What are some other areas that people don't know about? You can also get the sides of your nose done. So the nasalis muscle, which kind of scrunches up. Your bunny lines. And what happens over time, for example, if you're getting those three areas, the forehead, frown and crow's feet done, what can happen is the nasalis actually picks up for the muscle loss. And so it gets stronger and stronger. So you'll notice kind of the lines starting to develop there. We can also get right under the eye for what we call the jelly roll, which what can happen sometimes with crow's feet anti-wrinkle is that it relaxes the muscle all around the edge of that orbital rim, but underneath the eye, you can get some movement there. And so what we call it the little jelly roll because it kind of looks like a bit of jelly that rolls <laughs> over and anti-wrinkle just stops that from happening. What else can you get? You can get your lip flip or gummy smile treatment as well. Does a lip flip actually enhance the appearance of having a bigger top lip or is it, does it just stop your lip from rolling in? What it can do is it flips out the top lip. So it gives the appearance of a larger lip because of that flip. It also helps with a gummy smile as well. It all kind of goes in together, but I guess it just depends on the client and 
what their movement is like. So I'm adjusting where I'm injecting and dosage for every single person. But for sure, you can you can get an appearance without adding volume of a bigger lip. You can also do chin, marionette lines, so the edges of the mouth. So if you have a drooping mouth, yeah. is that what it's called? Yeah. yeah. Um, you can get your masseters done. And that doesn't just help with the appearance of a slimmer face, but it helps with jaw pain, like jaw clenching yeah. as well. Yeah. And then you can get it done in your in your scalp, right, if you're yeah. suffering with migraines and tension headaches. Yeah, yeah. So people who have quite severe headaches or migraines, they can get it done up into their scalp, back of their neck. Oh my god, like I'm thinking that. about that one thing. What this thing? The the, uh, the <laughs> platysmal bands or neck didn't you guys call them the nefertitis? Nefertitis. It helps definitely with kind of that little bit of a lift in the face, but you can actually treat any muscle in the body. It just depends on what you're trying to treat. Mm, yeah. Interesting. Actually, another oh, another oh, one. Another one. Actually, yet. So there's this new treatment that people are doing called the glass facial, where they're actually using a little bit of Botox and hyaluronic acid all around the skin and it Just gives like them superficially. Yeah. What, yeah. How what? I guess it would more so work on the sweat glands. I feel like it's not really gonna relax the, the muscle. muscle, but it just gives you a nice glow. So I think it was a couple podcasts back. Did we leave it in the podcast episode? I think we made yeah, like I think the, we did a little touch of it. Yeah. We were kind of like having conflicting conversations where anti-wrinkle was derived from and I was like so adamant it was from a sausage I still believe in World War II they were throwing (laughs) sausages around and someone got paralyzed from one and that's how it all started (laughs) that's what goes through my head really in my head I'm like just people throwing sausages it's just a war of people throwing sausages (laughs) just throwing everywhere no and everyone got Botox everyone really (laughs) benefited from that sausage throwing (laughs) festival wow this is so dirty it's World War Three. Well, World War Three wasn't what we think it was. <laughs> I actually went on a journal article. I can quote it, but pretty much it was saying it was actually from meat or a sausage, and there was botulism that went around, and that's how it was founded. I just want to know how they go. Like, oh, we ate this off sausage, <laughs> and now we're paralyzed. Let's use it for anti-wrinkle. Like, yeah. How did well, it it's, get- a, it's a toxin too, so it, it would be interesting to know who actually went and <laughs> volunteered for that. Yeah. I'm sure it was in a medical – it started in medical, right? Because yeah. I'm pretty sure they use it in people – they used it in medical things first. So I'm pretty sure cerebral palsy, like they mm. use it in the hands to yeah. relax the hands. Yeah. And then I guess they probably just was like, just oh. Just went well. from there. <laughs> went from there, was like, let's just use it, it in the forehead. <laughs> So obviously to me as a consumer, that would sound really scary putting a toxin in my face, but how is it safe for us to consume? Well, it's the dose really and how it's formulated. It's really safe. It's TGA approved here in Australia, obviously. Otherwise that would be an issue. <laughs> but I, for example, I know a lot of other places around the world, people are just doing it and buying the product from random places, which really... Like, and just doing it themselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I've seen videos of people injecting themselves. Anyway, off topic. Dropped brow. But it's it's the dose. So it's a very, very small dose of that toxin. And it is obviously dosed up to the area and the muscle strength and what you're trying to achieve. What result you're trying to achieve. Yeah. So for example, most of the time I'm just changing up doses every single time I see a patient because their muscle movement is different every single time they come in. So, yeah. And are there any side effects to having anti-wrinkle? 
So I guess from what I've seen, for example, in clinic is that some people who get too much of a dose can feel a little bit heavy in that muscle, um, which would just mean that they might need to just wait out the course. And next time we just reassess and do a lot less in their dose. You can get brow droops, you can get eyelid ptosis and brow ptosis. Some people get severe headaches or things like that in the few days after their treatment. I remember I actually got a really bad headache for a few days, but it went away. So it can help with headaches. Like if you're yeah, like a, yeah, yeah, if you're yeah. working on a computer and you're constantly frowning or yeah. I feel I feel like it helps with that. It's just a side effect that can happen. When you get treatment, you always should be going through all the side effects that are part of your consultation or the form. Because I feel like there's a few. I don't want to name every single one on the podcast, but it's Just always chat good to be educated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it's different for every every area that you treat and every condition that you're treating to. Yeah. Well, I don't want to talk about, obviously, another treatment, but I was just saying for those people that don't want to go down the anti-wrinkle route or if they're having what you have, like a resistance to anti-wrinkle, there are so many treatments on the market that I would actually recommend doing first before doing anti-wrinkle because you'll get, I feel, a better result out of your anti-wrinkle, better longevity, and that's like M-face, morphia, skin needling. I do all of the before and afters for our treatments that we have in clinic, and I have seen huge differences with those treatments with none of them being treated with anti-wrinkle. And I just think if you added that plus anti-wrinkle, you'd get a chef's kiss result. Yeah, I 100% agree. And you know, most of the time when I'm consulting my clients, almost 90% of them, I'm telling them to focus on their skin first before they delve into all these inject. A lot of people who come to me for treatment, I guess they are more mature. Their skin is going through that aging process. And so... A lot of them feel like they need a lot of anti-wrinkle or a lot of fillers, but in reality, they actually need dermal treatments, your skin needling, any kind of collagen induction therapy or the new M-Face, which is working on the muscles as well. Yeah, before going um, in with before, anti-wrinkle. Yeah, and yeah. most of the time when they end up doing those treatments, they're actually so happy with their results. They like don't even think about injectables anymore. Which yeah, is or really you might cool. even just need to get it done less frequently. Yeah. So I feel like people get it done f- four times a year, but you probably only need to get it done twice a year. After yeah, that. and just think about, for example, if someone came to me for volume loss in their face, if they were to get injectables first, they would need a lot more than compared to if they were to get Morpheus or Envase first and build up that collagen. They'll need a lot less of the injectables after that. Oh, yeah. So I feel like after our conversation, anti-wrinkle injections are different for every age group. If you're a little bit older, you're wanting to soften those fine lines and wrinkles. If you're a bit younger, you're wanting to change or enhance the shape. So how can you change the shape of a face with anti-wrinkle? So you can change the shape or I guess slim the face with treating the masseter muscles, which is the chewing muscles. Pretty much when you put anti-wrinkle into that area, you'll paralyze the muscle. And so I tell my clients after two weeks is going to be their full results with the anti-wrinkle. Two weeks after that, their muscle is going to shrink and then you'll see that facial slimming in the bottom half of their face. So typically this depends on the client's strength of the muscle too. So someone who is quite bulky with their masseter muscle, you'll see a huge difference with the slimming in their face. With someone who isn't as bulky and might have a smaller muscle, you won't see much of a difference. So it really depends on the the client. So after listening to this episode, I basically want more <laughs> anti-wrinkle. I would like my masseter done. I would like my trapezius done. I would like a gummy smile. <laughs> <I'm kidding. laughs> oh, God. 
I want it all. On. <laughs> I just injected you like how long ago? Five so. days ago. I'm ready for more. No. I feel like that podcast episode really just did a 360. It was go- well, what do you call it? It was just going in every direction possible. Yeah. I liked it though. But I feel like I learned a lot about it. We, we covered recall. a lot of bases. We did. Yeah. Well, thanks so much for listening to our podcast on all things anti-wrinkle. Make sure to follow us on our socials. All the information will be in the description and make sure to leave us a review as well. We appreciate all of the five stars and we will see you guys in our next podcast. Bye. I wonder what type of sausage it was from. Was it a pork sausage, a beef sausage, a chicken sausage? What?